welcome to a Milwaukee Admirals podcast with Charlie Larson. I'm Aaron Sims. We've had a bit of a hiatus, but we're back. The season is right around the corner. Ice is being put in at UW-Milwaukee Panther Arena. But Charlie, a familiar face will not be at Panther Arena this season for the first time since the George Bush, the first George Bush administration. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? Hey, I would have I would have been more impressed if you had whipped out a uh, uh, the Canadian Prime Minister. Yeah, from, I couldn't, uh, do, that. I couldn't from, do that. I'm, I'm going to guess a Trudeau or Pierre. Yeah, the older Trudeau, huh? Pierre. Yeah, am I right? Doug, Doug uh, Agnew. Yeah. Doug Agnew joins us. He is now uh, in Nashville. You may have seen him last year on the television um, when you're watching the Predators games, parent club of the Nashville of the uh, Milwaukee Admirals. Uh, Doug is now massage therapist, athletic trainer. Do I have that right? Yeah, yeah. Massage therapist, athletic trainer with uh, with the Nashville Predators. Congratulations on that. That's all. That's great. And it's it's so funny because I I've told a couple of people that you were in Nashville. Now my wife included. Literally before we came on, and my wife's like, "Why is he going?" Like, <laughs> I'm like, well, it's it's the NHL. the NHL. It's probably more money. It means yeah. that he's not trying to cram himself into a bus and, and sleep for six hours on the way to Des Moines. Um, you, you're going to lose some abilities that you've been developing for the last 30 years, Doug. I don't know. I, I, you know, I fell asleep pretty good on the charter aircraft just the other night. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do that? After, after you had your Years lobster and, and red wine, oh, then it was God. easy yeah. to fall asleep, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I, I keep telling people like that, you know, the plane is just like a you know bus that leaves the ground. I mean, you're still, you know, you're still crammed in there and you're flying to the next city and you're unloading gear when you get there. I mean, it's that part of it is pretty much the same. Just get there a little quicker is all. Yeah. And, so that, you, and that's certainly nice. Yeah. So you still you still are un, you're in the NHL, but you're still unloading gear, helping to, to hang gear, get in the washers, doing all that stuff. Setting up the setting up the rooms, setting all of that. Room. Yeah. 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 You have to set everything up for the next day when the players come in. That's that's part of it. Yeah. You can't just dump it on the equipment, guys. I mean, you got to pull your own weight up here. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, that's, I, why, I, that's why that's why that's why I roll. That's what I've done for. <laughs> these years i'm not going to change now I mean, but you were the guy who did quick i ascended to this level you did yeah, all of that stuff like like not only like you were the only guy right when you started in milwaukee for years and years you were the only guy but not only medically yeah. but but yeah, uh, sharpen skates all of that yeah yeah I, I, and i think that's kind of what they they like about me up here too is when you know i'm gonna I'm supposedly I'm be more of a role if I stay behind and do rehab for the guys and you know be able to do some of the equipment issues too, the sharpen skates if, uh, if they're on an extended road trip and you know basically tend to whatever else they need me to do here I can you know I can still you know do both jobs maybe not as well as I used to but uh, I can still sharpen skates and you know I know how to turn the laundry on I mean I got family to operate a washing machine nowadays that's right yeah. that's right so you will not be, you won't be traveling that much or, or um, at all? Uh, maybe they kind of, they, they kind of left it up in the air, but that's all they, I think that's how they uh, attracted me to the job was, yeah, they said, no, you don't have to travel anymore. You can just stay in one place and have to, no more late nights. And wow, and that's awesome. <laughs> that is, that is <laughs> awesome. You don't have to travel all night. You get good nights rest every night. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm here and, and now since they hired George there and now, I, you know, that, that gate only swings one way now. It doesn't go backwards. So 
know, the, now the, like a player. the truth is coming out where, you know, you may be taking a few trips with us. Ah, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we talked you know, with Ryan Suter, and I don't remember how long ago it was with Suits, but we we both said, you know, we we do the job for free, basically, but we get paid to travel. Yeah. <laughs> and, and after a while, that's really what it becomes, because. I mean, how many yeah. times did you go to San Antonio over the years? And and the first couple of times, it's awesome. But then it's the same thing <laughs> on the Riverwalk for yeah. years and years and years, right? It's a wonderful city. Don't get me wrong. But you go to the same place and you see the same thing because that's just the way it is. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it was exciting. It's the same here in Nashville. We've been coming here for so many years. Like, we, you know, we're, I don't haven't been down on Broadway probably in, you know, 10 years. Sure. Let me take that back. Back when uh, they went to the finals in 2017 and had some family come down for the for the playoffs that year. And, and we went down to Broadway in the afternoon. But there, it had been there, done that. <laughs> that. That reminds me of Todd. Todd Richards told me years ago playing in Las Vegas, he says is great. But the problem is you have to people always want to visit and then you have to entertain them, he says. And it's like I've already been to all the casino. You know, we're, we're here to play hockey. But now I got to worry about my second cousin coming in from. Uh, from Coon Rapids, Minnesota, that wants to wants to go to the Bellagio or something, yeah, right? Yeah, no kidding. But, so, um, I, I, I got to believe that there's a, a the taking this job for you. There was just a, it was an easy an e, it was made easier because it was Nashville and you're familiar. You it's so familiar to you, right? Like it would have been much more of a difficult decision if, say you know, like the, the Blackhawks or the Minnesota Wild had said, hey, come work for us, Doug. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, it was, that was a big part of it. It was, you know, especially being here last year, you know, you know, a lot of the players and, you know, again, a lot of the guys from Milwaukee were up here last year and, you know, you know, every year um, they've all come through there. So it, yeah, it's very familiar. It'd be tough to go to another place and try and prove yourself again and get to know everybody again, and, you know, trying to make an impression. Um, but again, as you say, they, they knew me here and I, I know them, I know how they operate. So it was pretty seamless to come, to come up here, but it was, it was still a difficult decision. It's a, it's a funny thing. Like, um, I just, I sent a, a text to my wife just, just today, you know, just saying like, you know, when we got the job offer, she says, well, she was telling me, well, change is good. It's going to be fine. It says, well, I said, well, comfort's good too. You know? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> comfortable there. So so I come into, into the rink after the road trip the other day and I look up on the wall and they got a new sign up there. It says comfort is like a slow death. <laughs> 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 so I said that to her. She goes howling laughing. I said, I guess you're right, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, that's a motivational sign in the weight room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess I made the right decision. Yeah. That's funny. When, that's when, funny. Did, when did the decision, when was it made? Um, it was, late like really late in june like last couple of they wanted me to to you know commit by july 1st when so kind of around the stanley cup finals there i was after that yeah i was actually um had gone back to salt lake and we we're actually just about to embark on a you know wilderness hike out on uh, on the california coast my wife wanted to do um you know for fitness and it was like a six-day wilderness hike <laughs> You know, we're just about to embark on that. And, you know, the phone rang. We're in the hotel before we left. And, you know, it was, it was Brian Poyle. And he says, would you be interested? And, you know, I kind of said, are you kidding me? Really? <laughs> and I, 
And I looked at Melanie, she, her eyes are wide open. Yeah, 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 we're interested. Yeah, but you know, I, you know, I, I'm about to go on this trip. I don't know if it'd be any cell service. So <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be gone into the wilderness. So I kind of, you know, had a little bit of time. Of course I said, yes, of course, but um, I had a little time to think about it and go over it, you know, in, in my head and what it really meant to, you know, to, to leave Milwaukee after all these years. And yeah, and it was, it was a good, uh, good soul searching trip as, as well as uh, the hiking and the carrying the backpack and stuff. But um, and then, yeah, same thing. It was just one of those realizations like, yeah, you can't not go. Right. Right. <laughs> The NHL. I mean, it's, it's the NHL yeah. in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and basically, you know, they say they, they, they get paid to watch hockey and, you know, this is the best hockey. So, right. Yeah. Absolutely. You're, you're lucky you're in a good headspace, though, because you get an offer like that and then you have six days to think about it. Like some people would go the other way and just freak out. <laughs> well, I didn't tell them that I would, I would, I would do it, but it is, you know, uh, it was. It was good. Yeah, that, that was really kind of handy. <laughs> just, just, despite all the bitching and squawking that I did when I was hiking there. <laughs> I'm not much of a I'm not much of a hiker. Most of my camping is, you know, you know, you pull up to the, you know, the, the, the campsite with a nice wooden table and like a park, park ranger and get a hot shower and you got a cooler full of drinks. Car, and, cooler full of beer. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, so this was an absolutely, you know, you're, out in the wilderness you're taking everything that you need on your back and, man, and layers was, of socks and whatever else you have yeah. to do yeah oh yeah, yeah. And, and the worst part is they before you start out they the, you know the guys come in and they empty out your whole pack that you just spent probably <laughs> you know you don't know what you're gonna need <laughs> and so they just empty everything oh you don't need this you don't need that and they're throwing stuff out left and right you're down to like two pairs of socks a couple pairs of underwear one t-shirt one <laughs> I can't live in this world. How am I supposed to do this six days? Are you kidding yeah. me? Oh, oh God. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, they did. What an experience. So that was fun. What I an- think I, I think about it too with you. Your your family has they all grew up. You guys grew up in Milwaukee. I mean, you raised yeah. you and your wife raised the family in Milwaukee, and now they're all over the North America. Pretty much, and, yeah. And it's it, it now you've got some freedom, and I guess this is this kind of came along at the perfect time for you. you. Don't have to uproot the whole family and take the kids out of their sophomore year in high school and away yeah. from their friends and all of that. Yeah, it's, it, this has been um, yeah really perfect timing, and it comes down to that. You know, yeah, the kids are all out doing their own thing, and you know, finding their finding their way, and um, yeah, it's been. That really was part of it too, but you know it was a perfect time and um, to leave and you know it was, it was um, again it was, it was a no brainer. You know it was a challenge, but you know a bit out of my comfort zone. But you know as I say, it's uh, it's good to you know challenge yourself and move ahead when you get an opportunity. Yeah, and yeah, not to worry about the family would have been really you know it would have been tough if I had to you know relocate the family and stuff. But right. Um, yeah, as right now, yeah, this is okay. I'm kind of on my own, and they'll come visit when they can. Sure, right. and I'll visit them when I can. And it's yeah, it's it's kind of a perfect uh, perfect transition, really, when it comes right right down to it. Is it is it difficult for you? You've you've been your own boss, basically. Obviously, you always work for a coach, right? But. <laughs> Uh, you've been your own boss from a medical side for 30 years, and now you're not your own boss anymore. 
How's how is that? And obviously, I'm you know uh, I'm sure Dan's a, is a is a great guy, probably a great guy to work for. Uh, but it, I bet that's got to be interesting that you just can't say, okay, I'm doing it this way, right? There's a, you get, there's a, some uh, checks and balances. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, I've, you know that's part of it because I've known the, known the guys here, you know, for for many years. We've been working together in training camps and in playoffs. And you know, Andy, the head the head trainer from last year, has moved on, so they have a new new uh, new head trainer, Kevin Morley, who's who I've known for, he actually worked with uh, Paul Bistan in, in, uh, in the Jersey organization. So we have that kind of connecting in common. Um, but he's kind of new too. But, you know, it, it's like last year. I just, you know, you just try and pitch in where you can. You know, you stay in your lane. You you, know, you, you look for things to do. You try and help out wherever. And I, I always just say, like, what do you need me to do? And I'll just do it. And, uh, yeah, you just try and contribute any way you can. And it's not about, um, you know, it's, that's one charge? of the things I don't think I'm, I'm going to, yeah, having to go into the coach's office into the, the den of the bear and say, you know, so-and-so's hurt. You can't play tomorrow. That can't kind go. Of thing and explain it. Yeah. Now I just got to look at, you know, Kevin and last year was Andy. He's got to go in there. It's like dead man walk and everybody's going, everybody's <laughs> clapping their hands. You got to go into the got to go into the coach's office and you know explain to them who's hurt and who's not and yeah right yeah. At, I don't think I'm gonna can you can you remember a time as a, when you were in Milwaukee a couple of times like oh man I don't want to like or what coach was always like the he's gonna want me he's gonna want this guy to play and he just can't or like for whatever reason what was it. You know, do you remember a couple, do you have a, a, any times like that from Milwaukee where it's like, uh, just dreading going into the coach's office, telling them that? <laughs> no, not really. That's a, that's a good thing. We've had some great coaches there that I've worked with and I've never, you know, never had to, you know, um, you know, I just give them the report and uh, explain to them how long it will be, you know, and, and they let management know it, it's been good. I've never been really, um, you know, uh, pressure to get a guy back or explain why he's not playing. It's just, you know, that, that's just the way it is. They understand that it's a game of hockey and when they're too, you know, too banged up to play and, you know, they respect my opinion and, and their doctor's opinion. And, you know, they don't give us any, uh, any grief that way. They just, you know, move on. That's the, that's the nature of the game. Make a phone call to Florida or wherever and get a, somebody to replace them. And it happens the same way up here. I'm sure that, uh, you know, the, the coaches nowadays are, you know, there's so many, there's so many good players out there too, that, you know, looking for that opportunity. So if somebody gets hurt and you, you know, they're hurt when they can't play. Right. And, because yeah, they're, they're, you know, you could lose your job in a heartbeat, you know, yeah, absolutely. You know, like a Rich Peverly type of situation. We pick him up out of these coasts. He comes into our, our team and, you know, three or four years later, he's playing in the NHL. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's so many good players out there now to replace them. So, yeah, I think coaches understand that too. And they, they say, you know, they know when a guy is hurt and they, and they respect my opinion and the doctor's opinion when, when we say that they can't play. And, and it's just part of the, part of the dig, the gig and uh, the nature of the, of the beast. And yeah, I never had any trouble with uh, any of our coaches. Uh, you don't have to name any players, but I got to imagine there has been there have been at least a, a handful, if not many more, who have lobbied you that they can play when you know that much better be. that they can't, that they shouldn't be. That's that's much harder. <laughs> yeah, that's I much bet. harder. Yeah, because what you just said, there's somebody willing to take their job right now. Yeah, 
Yeah, and they're very protective. I know that's the hard part. That is really the, that's, that's definitely the harder pill to swallow is when, when, they, when they tell you, oh, I can do it, I can do it. And, and, and you know that they're, they'll gut it out no matter what. Right. That's not, that's, that's not, you know, not healthy for them down, down the road or down the, for the long haul. So, yeah. Yeah. And there are those guys in, in the heat of the moment, even, you know, during the game that you, you, you pull them out and they, they get upset and mad, but you know, you got to stand by your decision and the, the decision of our, our medical staff and our doctors and stuff. And, you know, we're always doing the, what's right for the player, whether they like it or not. And you have to stand by that. And, you know, usually when the player comes back the next day or a couple of days later, they'll apologize sure. if they sure. give you a hard time and say you're right. Or, you know, but yeah, yeah, those, those situations are tough. I mean, yeah, really, I, sometimes you I, have to I, just watch on. I assume yeah. that it was especially challenging once people, once the, they once concussions became more of a, like a, a people sort of realizing how bad it was for you to, to have the, the trauma and then continually harm it. Like hockey is always such a team first thing. Like, you know, it's like, Hey, I, I just got my bell rung, but I can get shake back out off, there. Yeah. Right. Like I just got to shake it off. I can skip a shift or I can, uh, like Kirk Muller, I remember said he's like, I, I can't tell you how many times I got my bell rung, and then I just went out there and was like, ah, oh, I'll just be the third man high in the zone. I'll just hang out up there, and I won't get hit, and I'll be back. I'll be better five minutes later. But you can't. That's not the way it is. Oh boy, no kidding. Uh, it's that. That's probably one of the, the bigger progressions in in sport is that the concussion. You know, the education we all have now on, on the concussion front. Um, yeah, I, I, even when I started, it was, you know, a little smelling salts under your nose and clear your head. Yeah, and, right. and, you know, you talk to the guy next day, doesn't remember playing a game, and you're going, oh, my gosh. Yeah, know? right. That can't be good. Yeah, it can't be good. <laughs> yeah. But also back then, there's a few few adult uh, beverages involved after games, so <laughs> you never knew what, what was worse. The uh, heck of a combination, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's, boy. But yeah, that's um, that one's a, that was a tough one. But, but even now, you know, they have spotters up here in the NHL, and they right they call down to the bench and they say this guy, you know. But the players now they they watch for each other so much. Uh, it's, there's such you say it's such camaraderie, and they they look up for each other. So if somebody on their line is not looking right or talking right while they're talking to them there, they'll they'll alert us and we pull them out whether they accept it or not. And sometimes we get the call from the you know, from the stands, the spotters in the stands, or sometimes it's just the player that alerts us and we, we pull the player out and do an evaluation and oftentimes sit them down and take a couple of days for it to either settle or, or not. But yeah, we're very cautious with that now. We realize, you know, everybody realizes the potential down the road for these guys. So we protect them as best as we can. Sure. You know, Dougie, we had you've been on this podcast two times. I believe you're the first three-time guest. Is that first uh, and guest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which is pretty impressive. And we had you on the podcast, and as soon as we were done with that podcast, you said, "I got to come on again because I got too many stories." And you came prepared, like <laughs> nobody's business, the second time with every like oh. it was like a note written about every single player that we've ever had. And I don't want to go through that list right now, but I oh, do want gosh. you to to let's to let's go through a few guys that just were like really memorable players to you, not necessarily because they were awesome players. Everybody knows Pekka Rene and Darren Hadar, but like, <laughs> you know, you told some amazing stories about Mark LaForest and what a character <laughs> this guy was. 
and uh, <laughs> and I'd love to hear some of your thoughts again on like who oh, some of those memorable players were and what made them so memorable. Well, most of the most of the guys come in well back then were well, they're just they're just colorful guys, confident. You know, they, a lot of them had been to the NHL, back, you know, and kind of on their way back down, they stopped in the in the International Hockey League, the IHL back then. What a great league that was! Holy cow! I mean, honestly, the great cities that we went to. Um, oh, absolutely. But, yeah, but the, but the guys were the guys were just different back then. It was you know you could you know you you could do the job by yourself because you would you know you go on the road you'd bring your trunks and your whatever you needed you'd open them up the guys were pretty much self serve you know go in there and take what they needed and, and you know now they you know sometimes now you have to direct them this is where it is and whatnot but uh, back then it was all self service they would they would take care of themselves. Um, but guys like uh, <laughs> there's so many. There's so many, Charlie. I, I know, even... I know. That's a, it's a very vague question, but uh, well, uh, if you're looking for a place, maybe you should subscribe to what Trees did in Milwaukee. <laughs> Hang out at the practice right in the back of my car. <laughs> <laughs> I've been searching. Yeah, uh, that's my fallback position for sure. <laughs> so explain a lot more time with a rink than I usually do. So what did what did but he do? He he lived in his car outside the outside Wilson Park. Is that right? Yeah, for the most part, he had an apartment, but uh, <laughs> you know, he sometimes you know Jim's on Howard would you know he go there for lunch and you know next thing you know he's just he's in the park. in the morning. You know, <laughs> didn't have to drive very far so he's pretty pretty conscientious that way with both the drinking and driving part uh i give him credit for that but you know i don't, I don't know what uh, his home life uh, you know was about but uh yeah i was just banging aside that van and uh, trees let's go <laughs> and honestly he'd walk in looking like a dog's breakfast my god man <laughs> Coffee's on. He'd be standing in the shower with a cup of coffee. <laughs> what do you really <laughs> hold it up to the and dilute it? Oh, <laughs> man. That coffee. Oh, he, he was a colorful dude, man. He was fun, but, re but ready to go. Was he ready to go on practice days? Or, I mean, oh, games, yeah. he was fantastic. Well, he was... Practice is different. <laughs> practice is different. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, I'm gonna work on my angles today and just stand there, you know. <laughs> Working on my angles, you know, feet together, standing straight up, you know, hands on the side, <laughs> not even moving. <laughs> Go to the other side of the crease and stand there for a while. <laughs> That's so great. Oh, that is working that on is, my angles. That is so good. That is so <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, he was funny. God, he was funny. Oh, yeah, you came in what? Ron Lapointe was your first coach, right? Yeah. And then Saron so Wilson, and then Jack Mack, and Mike Murphy, and, yeah, yeah. and I'm going. I got out of order there. And then Kurt Fraser and Phil, and and then what? Al Sims, probably after Phil, right? Sims, yeah. And then Dave Allison. I think so. Yeah, that was assistant with uh, with Sims, and then uh, yeah, then he went to the East Coast League for a head job there, and then came back up after Dave Allison and then kind of was there for, I don't know how long he was in Milwaukee. Claude, quite a while. Claude was in Milwaukee for four years as the head coach. Yeah. And then yeah. Lane came in for four years as head coach. Yeah. As head coach. Yeah. And then, and, and then we had, 
uh, and then it was through, and then then it was the year of it was pretty tumultuous, right? Where where Herbie, well, Kirk Muller's hired, and then he leaves, yeah. and then Herbie comes in for a year, but he leaves, and then Dean yeah. comes in. So it's really yeah. about eighteen months, and you have four coaches, which is so it's like taking you back to your first years, right? Yeah, yeah, revolving door. It was good. Yeah, again, all good guys. Like you know, Dean was a great coach too. I really enjoyed time with him. I mean, he was he was a player's coach, but he is you know, he was just he was really good, you know. And I, I, I see guys now from other organizations like uh, Luke Cunning. He he knew um, worked with Dean up in Minnesota. Sure, just loved him. He's just you knew where you stood. He was just an honest and hardworking guy, and you know never never gave you any uh, you know any crap about you know he's all honest. It was just yeah, this is how you're playing. It's why you're not playing. And this is it. Here's a, here's a video to back it up. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. So if when you, the, the results going to be the same. When you look at all those coaches, which coach to you do you think was the most intense coach that uh, that we had? Oh, man. like they're all intense, right? Like uh, yeah. that's the, you have to be, as a coach. You have to be yeah. for this game. You got to be so intense. And most, of, yeah. and most of yeah. them played. Most of them played in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. Uh, so at a high level, yeah. At a high level. Uh, so, but yeah. if you had to pick one of those or maybe two of them, who do you think are the most intense ones that we've had? That uh, when you were when you were in well, Milwaukee. Yeah, Lane Lambert was pretty intense. He was balling pretty tight, you know, for games and and afterwards he took it hard. Every loss, if we, you know, uh, he was well prepared and he did his, his homework and watched tape and he would you know be yelling at the TV. At the, <laughs> the tape and like what's he thinking Haggy, come in here look at this what's he thinking there he, you know, i don't know <laughs> yeah what are you supposed to say like you're gonna carve I the guy in front of the what he's thinking. <laughs> yeah <laughs> he, i don't know yeah uh, yeah kurt fraser was also he was very much the same he was yeah you know kurt would kurt would he would have been unhappy if they lost one game in a year and he'd be he'd be, he'd be pissed off that they lost one game like he he wanted to win every game, you know. Yeah, he was really intense, he, and he was big man too. Like, oh, so when he comes off the bench after a loss, and he's he's got steam coming out of his ears, man, you get out of the way. Well, and he's <laughs> and he's fresh, right? Like he he didn't leave the NHL that much. He wasn't that that gone that far gone from being a player, and yeah. he was. People don't remember Kurt Fraser as a player. That was a tough, tough customer who could do. Yeah. I mean, he was power forward back then yeah. in the late 70s, yeah. the 80s. Like, yeah. he was oh, the yeah. – Yeah, he played hard. He was a big dude. He had hands, like, you know, twice the size of mine. Like, geez, he was, he was huge, huge man. So, yeah. all these guys he's coaching, he probably actually played with a lot of them, too, when you get to the yeah. – uh, when you get to there. But uh, at least they know who he is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where he's at now. Do you guys know where he's, he's – I do. He was, he was coaching that team in China. Mm-hmm. And then that fell apart horribly. And I think he's involved in a lawsuit there, actually. Yeah, for sure he is. Um, in China? Yeah, because of how this went in down. K- yeah, in the, in the KHL. KHL yeah. But yeah, where, oh. where like Victor Bartley and, and, and those guys, oh. Jeremy Smith, those guys are playing. Yeah. Um, we oh. talked to him not long ago. I think he's down in Dallas uh, still. Yeah. 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 So, Dougie, can you take us through then? Every, if, if you ask an Admirals fan about Kurt Frazier, they're going to say, oh, he's the guy who threw the sticks on the ice. 
So take us through that incident. From, take us through that incident from your perspective. Why did oh. Kurt Frazier snap to, to snap so much that he 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 threw uh, just started taking sticks and chucking them on the ice? Well, he was, again, he was wound so tight. You know, every 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 call, every every penalty against us was a bad call, no matter what. It didn't matter. He, he would scream and yell and scream and yell. So we had we had um, well, Derek Martin was a co or the, the the referee, as I recall, and you know he was he was just a skated around like an arrogant guy, and you know it had his helmet like twisted a little sideways, like a fedora type, you know. <laughs> like that he was you know he'd just skate around and you know every time Kurt be yelling at him he'd just look at him and wouldn't even engage him that's probably upset him more than anything right he wouldn't right. come over engage there's even a conversation and, and uh then there's there I don't know I can't remember what the penalty was but he just you know just started going off on him and then he finally I think the the referee just you know threw him out get off the bench and it just happened to be a leader Coke night or something where everybody got a liter cup coming to the door and they could get an unlimited Coke from the, from the vendors or something. I can't remember what, what they did with those liter cups, but so he throws that stick out there and right after that, it's just it's raining down all raining these cups. Coke. The free giveaway. It was raining Coke coming pouring down. <laughs> Honestly, I just leave that piece of glass trying to stay dry. And it was just <laughs> rain <laughs> People had these, a full you know a full cork you know cup full of uh of it just oh my god did we, we oh you're telling me that and i'm sitting here picturing lloyd and jane in their suite going our beautiful oh, building yeah. our beautiful right. building. what's going on Who's whose who's promotion is this? Yeah. <laughs> right, that's right. right. That's, that's more like it. That's who would get it. Well, yeah. Wojo. Wojo. Mr. Pettit. Wojo, Mr. Pettit would like yeah, to see Wojo. you. <laughs> yeah. That's up there with the paper airplane night, too. That was a good one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Paper airplane night. Uh, that, that one goes down yeah. in history for sure of, uh, yeah. of Admiral's uh, promotion. We thought that one through. Am I, am, I, am I correct in saying that the Pettits were gone for that one? They never found out about that one? <laughs> probably not. Well, <laughs> Is that the right way to tell it? Yeah, I think that's probably true. Well, because Wojo tells us that, like, when the Pettit, when Mrs. When the Pettits owned the team, you had promotions and then you had March promotions because in March, the Pettits went down or February and March, the Pettits went down to, to Florida. They went so to they weren't there. So that's entirely new material. Right, exactly. That's when they, they had Laurencia Bambenic for the uh, celebrity skate, I think. And, uh, and all, all that. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Pushing yep. the envelope. Good job, Woj. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly right exactly right no way no when to push the buttons yeah <laughs> no doubt boy oh boy but yeah I, it's been what a great ride what a great you know the front office that's part of the things that you know uh, i was telling charlie earlier like uh, the front office people are just great i mean i really enjoyed all the people there working with them all these years you know, you know the, the changeover has been immense but uh Again, one goes out and you think, oh, how are we going to miss her? And then, you know, another one comes in and fills her shoes and, and it's just as friendly. Like, what a great front office you guys It's work. one. It's nice. A nice thing. And I've, to, I've told this to Charlie and I've told this to so many others. Like, and not that you can't find relationships in the NHL, but I was just talking to the new Minnesota announcer who'd been in Iowa for the last 
many years, right? And the the relationships you develop at the minor league level, there's more of an opportunity to do so, I guess, is is what I'm saying, especially for in in my situation. You're in a different situation than I am, obviously, because you're working literally hands-on with the players. But for me, it's easier to talk to the players. I don't need to go through Charlie to talk to somebody. I can just talk to him, right? I mean, things like that, that maybe at the next level, it doesn't happen so much. And like you said, with the front office, there's more separation between the front office and, and the staff, the, the, the locker room staff than there would be at, at this level. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's, it's very cohesive. It was so much fun there. I mean, Harris, you know, gets some of the activities that he you know puts on for us at dinners and whatnot and uh, team building or, you know, and celebratory kind of evenings out. Like those are just wonderful times. Those are probably some of the best memories I've had, you know, in Milwaukee is some of the, the fun things that, you know, Harris has put together there, you know, the brewer outings and photos and stuff, man, that's just wonderful stuff that happens there that people don't even know about, but it's, I mean, that, I mean that's where you get to know the people in the front office. And again, they're just great people. Like it's always said, you know, if you, you know, it's, uh, wasn't there a survey that came out and said, what's the most, you know, important thing that you, you find in your job? And most people say it's relationships with the, the people. Yeah. The right. People that you like. And, you know, and that's in 30 years, I've been working with people that I like and uh, that's what made it so easy, easy to stay. Yeah. Never had any kind of a, a hankering to, to move on because it was just, again, it was comfortable, but the people are just wonderful. Everybody gets along, you know, supports each other and, yeah, that part of it is, uh, makes it hard. Again, that's what makes it hard to leave. But you know, the people that you that you work with, well, and just I, a hockey off speed, right? And I think we said that we uh, we talked about this before, but I don't know when you start a job and you're a young man coming down from British Columbia for, to to get <laughs> this job with the Vancouver Canucks organization. Yeah. Um, I don't. Maybe you thought in three years you were going to be in Vancouver. Uh, and, and back home, I don't know, maybe that was a situation, but I, I guarantee nobody thinks they're going to be in one spot for 10 years, let alone 30 years. Yeah. No, not in this business. No, yeah. no. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think I got lucky cause they kept changing ownership. So I kind of kept sliding under the radar <laughs> with Vancouver to know me that they, they'd move on. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's a exactly right but again if you find and that's what i tell the young trainers now and they're, they're so ambitious they you know they want to move up so quickly and it's just you know nobody gets into this business to to make a million dollars i mean right. you get into to you know provide for your family and you get a job that you really enjoy and people you work with I mean, that's that's what's that's what's important you know you know you get paid enough to, to provide for your family and, and there you go just be content and enjoy it enjoy the yeah. ride yeah yeah, because, you know, the next level, even up here, like, you know, now you're working with players that are very demanding and, and you know, they're still good people and you're nice people to work with. But, you know, you, you have that extra layer of, whoa, this is, this guy's important. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, so you, yeah, you just don't, you know, you talk a little different, a little softer, maybe you don't give them as much ribbon that you would at the in the American League level. You know, you get, you can't just, you know, unleash your, your humor because sometimes they don't get your humor. Um, right. I'm going to bite it here for, for a little while until they get to know me. Then we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, uh, February, there's the outdoor game down there uh, yeah. in, in Nashville. You never worked an outdoor game, have you? No, no, that's going to be fun. It'll be interesting. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's in Nashville. It's not going to be cold. 
right right, right. Yeah, like like when they did it in LA a couple of years ago, and it was seventy five degrees. Yeah, yeah. I went to I went to one outdoor game. Like we were talking about that with Adam, the new equipment guy there. He's been to like six or seven outdoor games, and I, I went to the one they had at uh, Camp Randall, or in Madison. Yeah, you know, it was, well, I watched the women's game, and the sun was still up. That was fun. Man, right. then the sun, and the guys came out, the men's team came out. And, Holy cow! One period in, we're let's get out of here. It's yeah, freezing. freezing. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> this is zero fun. <laughs> this is so cold. Yeah, yeah. Wisconsin winter day. Like, who, who thought of that? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. So let's. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I'd love to hit up a couple of uh, like highlights, team highlights throughout the years that uh, you know you sort of experienced. Obviously, the number one has to be the Calder Cup, right? Winning the Calder Cup in 04. Yeah, that was so much fun. I mean, it was a lot of work, but it was so much fun. Um, you know, we had a great team. And, you know, and I said this before, like the team we had a couple of years ago was equally as good as that team. And we've seen that the players that come up here now, like, you know, the Jeremy Davies and, you know, all those guys, Janot and um, – you know, I go down the list, uh, you know, we had a great team. Like, I don't know. I'm sure you guys realize how good of a team we had yeah. when, yeah. when the COVID crisis hit. That's so unfortunate. We had, we had one of those teams that's probably one in every 15 years to get a team like that, maybe 20. I mean, old guys, you know, with young guys, old veterans that can, you know, lead the team and help the young kids and two great goaltenders, strong defense, scoring. Uh, and speed. And it was, that was, and they all got along. That was the biggest thing, the camaraderie. And that's what uh, I think wins championships too, is, you know, we had a, a really good team down there and, and you see these guys up here now and they're just like, in this training camp. I mean, they're, they're good players and they're really good players. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's so sad. We didn't get that, that opportunity to, to, to go to the color cup again that year. Cause I think we would have got Harris a championship. I really do. Yeah. You know, yeah. what's funny is you say once every 15 years, that's good. That's exactly what it was. Oh, is that right? It was 15 years. 2005 to 2020, yeah. if you want to do it, look at it that way. From yeah. And then, well, 2004 to 2019, yeah. I guess, is, is, yeah, 15, 16 years. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And then before that, it was probably the 80, 80, 89 team, which would have been another 15, 16 years. Yeah. Which would have been your first year, <laughs> right? Right after, yeah, yeah right, right before. Yeah, right after, yeah, the Rick Lee, the yeah. Rick Lee team. Yeah, so, yeah. so oh, yeah, eighty, yeah, yeah, eighty-eight. You had yeah. you had good teams though. Besides just the 04 team, we just didn't have playoff success, yeah. right? Nineties, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. There's always there's always some element that was lacking in some regard, but. Uh, yeah, every, now and again, you get those complete teams where, and they get along. That's the other thing. They just, they get along with each other. They spend, you see them, you know, the, you see them out in, on, a, on the road somewhere and you, you see a group of 10 or 15 guys, you know, having right. dinner together. That's a telltale sign. It's not, you know, a couple of guys here, a couple of guys there. Yeah, you know, absolutely. See, really enjoyed each other's company and it was, it was fun. It was, that was really a fun year. So again, it's a shame we didn't get a chance to finish it up, but. Yeah, but the Calder Cup went back in, uh, well, back in 05 was, was pretty much a highlight. But again, a lot of the, lot of the, um, you know, a lot of the trips kind of were kind of a highlight. You know, <laughs> everybody, the first trip out to San Francisco and, you know, Bill canceled, you know, the morning skate and everybody went to Alcatraz. Gosh, they <laughs> went for a tour to Alcatraz, you know, taking a boat. 
boat across the island. And you know, again, you see the whole team there, like, what are you doing here? <laughs> Thought this is my idea. So that <laughs> was the same idea. I, yeah. So that wasn't it. Wasn't a team thing. Everyone just showed up at Alcatraz, huh? No. Yeah, it was kind of one of those things. Everybody had to, you know, had the tickets booked, and they all kind of secretly went on, and we found everybody at the dock there. It was oh, that's, that's <laughs> hilarious! Is is that the same trip you had to bring Mark LaForest to the doctor, and you drove right down Haight Asbury, and, <laughs> oh, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. right oh, by yeah. Trey Garcia's house? Bugger, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right by for the hippie movement. He was he was just couldn't turn his head because he got hit in the head with the he went down to cover a puck and got some guy skated by and clipped him with his, his knee and the side of his head and he just he strained his neck and he turned his head. But yeah, that, he had his mask all all, all painted up with with the Grateful Dead, you know, logos and stuff on it. And yeah. He he, he was really really happy to go to San Francisco and then to find then to go to Haight Ashbury district there at ground zero for the, the hippie movement and not turn your head and look at all you can look at uh, straight ahead and, and on the front yeah. yeah 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 it was probably a milk carton there some kid have you seen this kid it was this person it's probably looked at for the 20 minute drive to the to see the doctor <laughs> um, and he could and he could never go back because that San Francisco team I was gonna say they did they folded they were done that was it yeah yeah that was it one year one year yeah. one year and gone and I did they make it the whole year I think they did yeah okay they did all they right the playoffs but they're yeah. well they're in the west so. yeah in the that cow palace fun. the legendary yeah. cow palace yeah which yeah. is still around I think but I don't it it, it 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 needed some work I think right yeah yeah it was an old rodeo stadium I think the seats were really kind of like the old Indianapolis fairgrounds kind of just it yeah wasn't, wasn't much this kind of spread out but uh, yeah that was always fun we always used to love going into you know the players would you know Cavallini and Herc would would go in and tell Phil yeah yeah we got to go into Vegas a couple of days early so we can get the gambling out of our system and concentrate <laughs> on hockey. <laughs> and you would stay at Engelstead's, right? You'd stay at, at the Imperial Palace, right? At Ralph Engelstead's place. Yep. Because of Herc's yep. connection with Herc, North Dakota. Yeah. 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 It was, God, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think we ever won a game in Las Vegas till the playoffs that one year. <laughs> yeah. But those are always fun. The trips are just, you know, again, the trips are just, you know, those, they're so memorable, so much fun. Like the one we went to went to San Diego while the the America's Cup was on, and we got to you know watch the the ships or the yachts go out in the morning and come back in the evening, and they're all wow. racing. That was really impressive. Oh yeah, yeah. I bet that was amazing, huh? Yeah, it was. I mean, it's too too bad you had to play yeah. hockey. Some of them. Yeah, exactly. Damn it, gotta go with the rink now. Yeah. <laughs> Real, real quick, not to keep you much longer, and maybe Charlie has something else, but you, the, the trips out west um, and then flying back and you, you're flying on Midwest. Um, and the, but but the, the trip back, and were you in Vegas when, when this went down? Uh, again, one of those long trips out there. We ended up playing an afternoon game in, um, in Long Beach. And then, uh, of course, the game's over at you know, 5 o'clock. The flights, it's a red-eye flight out at 11.30 at LAX. So, we, you know, we had some time to kill. So everybody kind of went down around Manhattan Beach or something 
somewhere and, and the bus just dropped us off and said, we'll be back to pick you up at you know, 10.30 or 10 o'clock, whatever this uh, specified time was. And everybody just kind of scattered. And then, you know, when the bus came back and it was like, oh boy, no. shred anything to eat since, you know, the morning meal, which was probably at nine o'clock in the morning, you know, and they were just, boy, they were liquored. And just having a great time again. The whole team was together, having a great time. And so we get to the get to the airport, and I don't know. We all got through before you know they had many restrictions on flying, but you know, we all got through in plane. And you know we're just everybody's rowdy and hooting and hollering, and uh, you know as guys do. But you know, but 15 minutes into the flight, everybody's you now passed out, you know, tired, sleeping, and. But during that first 15 minutes of the flight, the flight attendant, you know, felt threatened or kind of overreacted and told the pilot and the pilot called ahead to Las Vegas. That was our stopover. And, you know, the connection in Las Vegas and on these, you know, these four sheriffs come down, come right on the plane, <laughs> guns drawn. We're going, what the heck? Basically, uh, a couple of players did some things against FAA regulations and, uh, I won't get into it, but <laughs> as we were taking off, but uh, basically they had the two of them that, you know, we want you, we want you, you know, and, you know, they didn't know what they're, you know, to, to their credit, they didn't know what they were getting into a bunch right. of players or, but everybody was sound asleep you know, at this point. So, yeah. And then they, then they pull everybody off the plane. But, but didn't, didn't one of the guys, it wasn't it that one of the guys said, well, if you're going to take them, you're going to take them all. So if you take you can't take one guy. You take one, you take us all. Okay, everybody off. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> yep. Oops. Wait a minute. Nope. Uh, choice has been made. Yeah. So camaraderie. Yeah. Yeah. Say it again. <laughs> well, so the best did part you, was did, the travel guy was hiding in the back of the plane. He didn't want to get off. Oh, Dickie Langley. I'm sure. Oh, he, he, he knows it's, it's going to be a nightmare trying to get you know 25 hockey players back to Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like three in the morning in, in Las Vegas or whatever it was. Maybe it was only one. I don't know. But yeah. So, so the plane just starts backing up. <laughs> you know, stop. You know, Dick Langley, please report to the. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so he comes out, just head down, like just walk of shame. He's up to the, up to the aisle, he goes, gets off the flight and starts, starts working on it and getting oh. guys home. <laughs> So yeah. did you have to get off too, or we, did you get to stay on? I stayed on. Yeah. I just stayed on. You had, had to bring the equipment. You had to bring the gear. Yeah, the equipment was going through and everything else. And then, oh, boy, you guys had their luggage, you know, check bags and stuff. So we got to the back to Milwaukee and collected all that up and put it in the truck and then took it down to the rinks. So when the guys came in on various different flights, they just knew where their stuff was. <laughs> came down the rink and picked it. Check their name up. Okay, you're home. You're home. Yeah, you made it. You made it. Check your name up. Oh, you made it. You made it. Yeah. Yeah. It was oh, goodness. Nightmare. No, but barely anything else. <laughs> no, no. I think yeah. uh, I think we've we've kept him long enough. He's probably got work to do, right? He's got to he's got to get back at it. Oh, probably uh, prep to get ready for tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I gotta go find a place to live. Scrambling <laughs> around with that. You've been going down for many years. I mean, how well do you know? Like, can you can you make your way around the suburbs, or are you basically? Uh, I I know where this is, and I know how to get to the rink, and maybe two other things, and that's where I'm at. 
Yeah, that's basically how I was until I got here, you know, in end of August, because, you know, yeah, you just went to hotels right, right across the street, um, you know, for the practice rink, and we stayed there all the time, usually, but yeah, now, since I'm looking for a place to live, I know the city well now. You, know, you call Victor you, Bartley, don't was, you? That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Call Victor Bartley and have him rent you one of his places. You know, you know what rent costs down here? Oh my God! <laughs> Sports can fix you up here. I think for to buy something, owns everything on Broadway, actually. So maybe, maybe it's not. Yeah, I think. I think yeah. Bart's is making his retirement and then some off of uh, off of uh, uh, bridal parties. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. This is, oh, bachelor party of the world here. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> We'll let you go here. Uh, it, I tell you what, it's it's um, it, it's melancholy. I guess that that we're not going to see you this year. Uh, I know, I know. Around, don't make right? me don't make me cry now. No, it's no. it's it, we're excited for you, and it's awesome, and your family, and all of that. But it's uh, like I, I, I was talking with Ryan Costello, and he said, you know, like you, I I've been there. This was my seventeenth year, and like. I've, I've only known you so i mean it's it, it's pretty wild um yeah. it's it's uh I, I you know i don't know who else we can uh i gotta figure out if this new guy can go over across the street in cleveland and and hang out for a while at the, the bowling alley <laughs> and uh and tell funny stories or not but uh, uh i'm sure he will yeah we'll uh we'll figure it out i guess but uh yeah it's it, it's, it's been I, fun we it's wish been you a we, good run yeah we wish you obviously we wish you the best um oh, and, and your you. family too and uh you're awfully special to us, so many people up here and uh we thank you for for everything we're really gonna miss milwaukee i love the city i love the people there um it was it was a surprisingly difficult decision but you know in the end um it's, it's gonna be great it's gonna be fun yeah and it's, it's gonna be fun i really am gonna miss you guys so yeah. so here absolutely it's milwaukee every now and again and uh you know, the hockey world is, is a small one. It's a small one. Right. Yeah, for sure. No doubt. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Anytime you guys want to chat, just give me a holler. All right. Yeah, we're, you'll, be the, you'll be our first four-time guest. We'll, yeah. we'll promise that. The first four-time four time guest. <laughs> okay. We'll work on some more material. There we yeah, go. Yeah, there you go. That sounds good. Let's wrap it up. That's Doug Agnew. Thanks for listening to this Milwaukee Admirals podcast. Yeah.